As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, Dana, welcome to the show. Hi, Megan. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, I was sharing with Dana when she popped on to the Zoom where we're doing our recording. I said, I cannot believe it's taken this long for us to get together to do an episode. And then Dana, you reminded me like, oh, we actually had it in the calendar once before and the internet was not working. So here we are. Yep. Technology got in the way of technology. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember that. That must have been that must have been months ago when we were months originally ago. supposed to do the episode. Months yeah. ago, I think it was. I think it was back in maybe March, maybe March or April. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking about you the other day, and I was like, "Gosh, I got to get Dana on the show." And and I'll tell you what prompted me, and this will kind of probably lead into go ahead, and we're going to start talking about all the health things here. Um, Sean and I were in North Carolina for Thanksgiving, so we, you know, here in the U.S., Dana's in Egypt, but here in the U.S. Um, and if you're in the U.S., you just celebrated Thanksgiving at the time of this recording. It's probably come out a few weeks later. But we were at my parents' house. And um, one day, I think it was Wednesday. No, it was Friday. It was the day after Thanksgiving. Sean and I went to Durham, North Carolina, which is about a 30, 45-minute drive from where my parents live and where we were staying to go see a woman that I don't know what she like labels herself as. I don't know that she calls herself a naturopath. I don't know if she calls herself anything, but when Sean had testicular cancer 18 or 19 years ago, he went through like traditional chemotherapy, which was super aggressive. He took like the most aggressive route that there was back then. And Sean was always, has always been into natural remedies all types of things that are organic. He's always been into supplements, eating healthy and all that jazz. So I don't know how he met this particular woman. Her name is Pat, but he met her and she had a vitamin shop and um, she's now she is 70. I believe she's 72 years old now and she still practices, but she doesn't have her shops anymore. And so she used to be an oncologist And I believe she was an oncologist in pediatrics at Duke University, which is super popular in North Carolina and in the United States. And she uses muscle testing and also connecting to the divine. And she tells you what's going on inside of your body. Like she'll tell you anything you need to know about what's going on in your body. Like she will let you know. And, you know, she's all into supplements and that kind of thing. And so she worked with Sean when he had cancer and literally, and when Sean got diagnosed with testicular cancer, it was already in his lymph nodes. Like it, it was pretty aggressive and they were talking about it when we were together last Friday. And she said, yeah, do you remember when all of that was gone within like three weeks of whatever regimen she had him on? So anyway, that's the story of Pat. We went and visited her on Friday when we were home and spent about five hours with her. I mean, it's pretty extraordinary to spend like that kind of time with somebody who has like the depth and breadth of knowledge that she has. 
but also like hundred percent taps into kinetics and quantum physics and the divine. It's really cool. And so Sean had a session, I had a session and we learned some very interesting things about what was going on in our body. And I think that's what prompted me to, you know what, we really need to talk more about this stuff on the show. And I thought who better than to bring Dana on because you do a lot of this work as well. Yep. Yes, I do. I mean, I don't do the kinetic stuff and all that, but I do, I do work with my clients holistically, naturally, you know, healing, just using nutrition supplements, things like that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So what are, you know, you've been doing this for how long, Dana? How many years? 10 years. 10 years. 10 years is not long, right? Like in the grand scheme of things, 10 years is not long. And I just wonder, have you seen a progression in sickness and disease over the last 10 years, or has it pretty much stayed the same? No, unfortunately, I've seen it increase increase, uh, not just in terms of how many people I'm seeing come to me unwell, how many women message me saying they're unwell, but the, the age. So whereas before I used to see it mostly, I'm, I'm 49 and sort of, you know, I've been doing it for 10 years and I used to sort of, I guess, you know, because you, you work with, with clients who used to be where you are. So I sort of worked with clients in their late thirties when I was in my late thirties and they sort of grew with me, like the demographics of the, the, the people that I worked with sort of followed me as I got older. But right now I am working with clients and getting messages from ladies in their twenties, 23, 26, 28, uh, with the same symptoms and conditions of ladies in their late forties and early fifties. So the, the, the frequency of the illness, the types of illness, it feels like I'm like on a daily basis, I'm, somebody's reaching out to me. Multiple people are reaching out to me because they're unwell. And it goes from like the basics of just not having energy you know, they're just, they just can't function every single, they might not necessarily have a diagnosed medical condition yet. They're just exhausted. They're just burned out. They just can't sleep. They just can't focus. They just have really horrible moods all the way through full-blown, every single autoimmune that you can think of, full-blown autoimmune, diabetes, hormonal imbalances, you know, you name it. And it's, it's like, it's like, it feels like everybody has something. Something mm. like there's nobody I have not come across, whether in my own, you know, personal circle or clients I work with or people that they know, like I haven't come across anybody who comes and says, I'm feeling great. Haven't, haven't mm. heard that in, you know, unless it's people obviously in, in my health circles or, you know, people after I've worked with them, they tell me I feel great. But for the most part, and I see it with my, my daughter's generation, my daughters are in their twenties. I see it with them. I see it with their friends. I see it with their parents. You know, obviously I see it with my parents' generation, my husband, his friends, his colleagues. It's like, it's like everybody. This is, and everybody's just sort of, you know, what I feel is even worse than this. Everybody just is accepting it. Mm. Like, okay, we're all just getting, either they're accepting that they're just getting older. And that means the default setting of getting older means we're going to get sick somehow. Or if they're younger, they're just like, well, this just seems to be, something happening, something that is making us all unwell. So if everybody's unwell, then I must be normal because everybody's unwell also. So I guess I'm okay. Yeah. 
So, you know, let me just remind the audience, Dana, you're in Egypt and about what, like 90% of the people who you're talking to and working with are from that part of the world. Oh, more right? than that. I mean, yeah, 90, almost a hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Almost a hundred percent. Yeah. Almost. 100%. Okay. I'm in the U S and we see the same thing happening here. So we can probably presume or take a really great guess that this is happening globally, right? If it's happening in Egypt and it's happening here, like it's probably happening everywhere. Why do you think this is happening? Like, what do you believe is attributing to so many people using your word being unwell? And you listed off like a whole host of things from just being tired all the time and having extreme fatigue or no energy to autoimmune, to diabetes. I mean, the thing that we're seeing, like, not that this is new, but we're just seeing it, you know, you were talking about like, gosh, I'm seeing this happen to people who are like 28. What's happening in the United States is heart attacks and strokes at an alarming rate right now. And in young people, we're seeing it in children. We're seeing it in athletes left, right, and center. I mean, the most elite bodies you can imagine. We're seeing it in 20-somethings, 30-somethings. You know, like, what? why do you believe this is happening at the rate that it is right now? Well, if we're talking specifically strokes, heart attacks happening in very young people and in athletes and people literally just suddenly dropping dead all over the world. Yeah, they're calling it like, are they calling it? Yes. Yeah. Like, seriously. Sudden adult death syndrome, like, and <laughs> no. people will fall for it. And, and people, if, if you're not following, you know, if you're not sort of following what's happening, if you're, if you, a lot of people don't want to follow, people just want to just sort of put their heads in the ground. But that specifically, I mean, we know that's basically a vaccine that wasn't tested and it was rolled out very quickly. In theory, it's still in the testing phase until 2023. So technically nobody should have taken this vaccine until at least 2023. And we know, and then, you know, the the companies came out like with with the results of their quick three-month studies that they did do and strokes and, and, and heart conditions, myocarditis, heart attacks, those were the result, like those are the side effects. So we know that we know the answer to that, unfortunately, um, with everything else. And there's also been a surge in autoimmune and cancer as a result. Yes. Of also. And I've heard from several um, doctors here that it's just what it does is, is it created uh, um, like a sudden onset of intense autoimmune and like a sudden onset of intense, like late stage cancer and people who had nothing before. So that's, that's what we're seeing in terms of that. But I'm also seeing with with the other things that I'm seeing, they're just a direct result of just cumulative effect of lifestyle of nutrition or lack of nutrition. I call it Um, lifestyles where, especially with the young, they sort of feel like and it carries with them into adulthood. Like they feel like they can just sleep whenever they want, wake up whenever they want, like stay up late, like really burn the candle at both ends and then expect to be able to function, not eating, you know, smoking, vaping is a really new thing that the young generation is getting into. And older, older women I see are, are thinking that it's a safer option to smoking, but you've added a whole other level of, of toxicity to a already horrible way of eating, right? People have just gotten so, so far removed 
from eating from nature so far removed. Like it's just processed foods for every single meal. Very little fresh, fresh foods. Like whenever I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a client for the first time and I ask her like, what do you eat every single day? She barely mentions any fruits or vegetables. Like it's just not there. You know, it's, it's heavy on the processed carbs, heavy on bread, heavy on pasta, heavy on the protein. So a lot of, there's been a belief that protein is the most important thing for anybody to consume. And while yes, it's important, it's, it's not the only thing to focus on. So I just see protein, processed carbs, lots of caffeine because they, people need it to get through their day. Lots of caffeine and hardly any fruits or vegetables. Like a fruit or vegetable is kind of like, it's sort of like a garnish. You know, I had like, I had an apple in between, or they sort of know that, you know, an apple might be good for you or a banana might be good for you. But what's happening is there's an, an incredible epidemic of malnutrition, mm-hmm. malnutrition. People are just not consuming the, the basic building blocks that for, at the most basic level, you need just as fuel, right? Food is fuel. You need it just to have energy, sort of like a car, they're, the cars are all getting the wrong gasoline or like not enough of gasoline. So they're not able to, to, to go, they're not able to go far enough. They're not able to go fast enough. At some point they just break down and, and, and it's being sold worldwide as convenience, right? Like you're too busy as a mom to cook for yourself. Like you're too important as a working mom to make time for the kitchen. So instead of like making your food from scratch, instead of getting all these fresh foods here, just take this ready-made thing or here, just make pasta that takes two minutes to boil and add a ready-made sauce to it. People are being programmed that cooking is not important, that fresh food is not important, that you can, that, that food, they're actually just being reprogrammed as to what food is, right? You look at the ads, you look at the commercials, it's all food-like substances and all with additives and sugar and all sorts of flavor enhancers that get you addicted to it, that people just move away from what takes the things that take time to make to the things that have basically hijacked their palates. And then the end result is disease. And then people wonder why, because then nobody teaches them that disease is linked to what you eat or what you don't eat. So it is like so many factors compounded together. Yeah. So, um, Again, like we just got done with Thanksgiving here in the U.S. and we travel to three three different places um, and three different families. So when we left our home here in Florida, we drove like two hours north. We stayed at Sean's parents' house for two and a half days, and then Monday we kept driving up to North Carolina and we stopped for lunch at uh, the woman that was Brighton's uh, babysitter for the first four years of her life. Stopped off there, had lunch kept going up to North Carolina and stayed with my parents for five days. Now, why is this important? So my husband, Sean, does not eat. And I, I mean, obviously there's only three of us in the house, so I pretty much don't eat any of this either, but it's largely him because of how negatively it impacts him. He mm-hmm. does not eat gluten, wheat, grains, dairy, or processed sugar, which basically means you eat vegetables, fruit, and meat. That's right. really simple. It's really simple. Let's just recap vegetables, fruit, meat. Okay. (laughs) Now, why is it important that we just, I mentioned, we went to these three different houses because they did not know how, how to shop for that. And isn't that crazy? They did not know how to shop. And 
when we got to Sean's parents' house, you know, she very lovingly uh, had went out and bought all this gluten-free stuff. It was all in the packages and it was cookies and crackers and all the packaged things and, you know, yogurts and all sorts of things like quote unquote healthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And because a couple of years ago, like two years ago, maybe three years ago, Sean just took gluten out completely. And that was really like the only thing that he was taking out and he was still eating some of the other things that I mentioned. And so like, that's pretty easy. Uh, she even had like gluten-free bread, like all the things. And so we get there and Sean's like, I can't eat any of this. Mm-hmm. Like I can't. And it, it's like, it did not register to them that he could not eat anything that was gluten-free. And they're like, but it's healthy. It's gluten-free. He goes, no, it's easy. Yeah. Fruits, vegetables, meat, like that's it. So then we go to the former babysitter. Now I had prepped her before. And she's like, what do you want? I can make sandwiches and cold cuts. I'm like, well, we don't eat cold cuts and we don't eat bread. <laughs> so I was like, just do this. Go to the grocery store, buy a rotisserie chicken, get salads. Yep. We just have salads, like super simple, right? So we yep. get there and she's like, she told us, she told me to, she goes, well, my daughter is gluten-free. So this is super easy. I'm like, we're a little bit more than gluten-free, but just get chicken and salad and we'll be, we'll be good. That's what she did. She had a rotisserie chicken. She had lovely salad. She had a fruit bowl. It was awesome. And then we get to my parents' house and now they've dealt with us a little bit longer. So they're a little bit better, but still it's like, no, I can't have the pie that has the crust on the bottom. I can't eat that. Like we can't eat that. Um, Sean made from scratch lemon meringue and pumpkin pie. And he used, um, not, I mean, this is like as healthy as you're going to get if you want a pie. I think we used arrowroot flour, chickpea flour. There was a third one. I don't know what it was. And he did use like regular sugar because he's like, I mean, it's what was in the house, but he did everything like totally from scratch and it was delicious. Um, But again, even there, I told my mom, I was like, look, you got your turkey, you have your ham, like, okay, your turkey and your ham, roasted vegetables, sweet potatoes fruit. Let me tell you the six fruits to buy. Like it's really easy. It's no harder than that. And still it's like, they have such a hard time wrapping their minds around fruits, veggies, because they want to casseroles, those onion straws. Like they want to do all the things. I'm like, no fruits, veggies, meat, super simple. We don't need anything else. Well, it's because of all the marketing right? Like it's all the marketing. And even when it, I mean, what's happened, especially with the gluten-free, like people have started to understand and experiment and discover that gluten doesn't work for them. So gluten is not something that needs to be replaced. Like it doesn't need a replacement. You just need to take it out and you're done. Like there's, there's no benefit in gluten that you have to kind of find something to take its place. But, but what of the, what is, what is the food industry basically? That's like, Oh, well, here's an opportunity for us to create more products and to sell other stuff to all these people who are trying to be supposedly health conscious or, or who have it sort of dug deep enough to realize that a gluten-free product is still a processed product. And just because they've removed the gluten, so you remove the, the, the dangerous element of gluten or the problematic element of gluten, but you've made it with all this other stuff and it's still processed, it's still sitting on a shelf in a supermarket for God knows how long, like people are not understanding that part. And but you see it, you see it marketed, you see celebrities marketing it, you see it everywhere. And so, and you see, and you, and there's always a feeling like, well, if it's in the supermarket, like, 
like the government is not going to put something in the supermarket that's not good for me. (laughs) So people have this belief that if it was, if it was so dangerous, they wouldn't put it on the shelves. So we have to start raising that awareness. And really, when I say people have become so far removed from nature, it is about going back to the basics, fruits, vegetables, animal protein. Like that's what the body understands. That's what the body recognizes. And those are your basic building blocks. You don't need um, a cookie or a processed piece of gluten-free bread as a building block for your body. Like all of these things are going to eventually um, erode your body and break it down and create illness and disease. So we have to, one of the things I always tell my community is like, if you see it on a billboard, if you see it on TV in a commercial, if you see it endorsed by a celebrity, don't eat it. Like that's your first sign. That's your first indication that this is something that is not good for you. You don't ever see a commercial for apples or broccoli, right? You don't see commercials for fruits and vegetables. And it's the things that are not sort of sold to you are the things that you need to focus on. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about meat for a second. Do do you eat meat or not? I do. Yeah. Okay, I, don't, you do some, I, 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 part of the healing process might require some people to remove animal protein depending on what they've got. And, but that's not because animal protein is horrible or like animal protein should be shunned or removed. It really depends on the individual case. And then what we're looking at at animal protein in this modern day and age, of course, is that again, the way that you're, that they're farming and growing animal protein has nothing to do with the way that they're supposed to be grown and farmed in real life in nature right so like a cow in a factory is you know factory farm is like being given the antibiotics it's being given the hormones it's not being fed just grass which is all that a cow needs like if you if you were to bring your own cow your own baby cow put it in your garden all you'd give it is grass that's it and it would grow and flourish and become a super healthy cow but because they need to make a lot of money and they need these cows to produce a lot of milk and they need them to produce you know all these quantities of meat they have to keep pumping them with hormones and antibiotics so they don't get sick so you and and then they feed them all sorts of garbage like they're not just eating grass they're eating grains and leftover food and like leftover animals like whatever they've got they feed their livestock and all of that ends up in your body Your body has to process the hormones that the cow has been given, the antibiotics that this cow has been given, all the crap that this cow has eaten, all of it ends up in your body. And our bodies were not created to process that. We were created to process small portions of super clean, highly nutritious animal protein. So when you put that and add to that all the processed stuff that everybody eats, add to that caffeine, add to that alcohol, sodas, junk, you name it everything becomes problematic. So we sort of have to take a step back, like clear the slate completely. And that includes removing animal protein to literally give your body a chance to to give it a break so it can regenerate. Like it just has to go back to the simple, simple, simple fruits and vegetables in order to be able to regenerate. And then again, based on your symptoms, we can reintroduce better quality animal protein and see how your body handles it. Yeah. But so yeah, speaking- your question. Yeah, I do. I do. Eat. Okay. You do eat meat. Okay. Yeah. So animal protein, um, we're really big meat eaters at our house. We eat meat every single day and every once in a while I'll be like, I just do not feel like I can di- digest more meat. Like I'm skipping meat for this meal, but the whole meat industry, this is such an interesting conversation. So 
again, we were at home for Thanksgiving at my parents' house and they've made a lot. They, over the years have, they make very much more healthy choices today because each one of them have like their own, like medical issues. We'll get to pill popping in just a second, because that's a whole other conversation I want to talk about with you. So they bought a half a cow from a farm down the road, right down. So my, I grew up in a very rural County and there's like farmland everywhere. And my parents have been here for, I mean, my mom was born in Germany, but she came over in 1951. My dad's family has always been in North Carolina, you know, after they migrated from Europe in the whenever 17 or 1800s. Um, But my parents have always lived in Chatham County, North Carolina. So like they know everybody and um, some friends of theirs bought 50 acres of land and they started raising cows on it and they're grass fed. That's it. All they eat is grass. And so now you can go buy a whole cow or you could go buy a half a cow. And my parents had to buy another freezer. They have like three freezers now, because if you buy a half a cow, it literally fills up your whole entire freezer. And so you can buy like ribs, brisket, burger meat, like all the things. So that's what they eat now. Well, I don't know that I have ever eaten meat that was just purchased I don't think I've ever eaten meat that somebody served me that was like, here's a cow from my farm that was fed grass. Here it is. And I'm 40. So this is probably the first time I've had like real grass fed. I mean, like real homegrown grass fed, not from the grocery store that says it's grass fed. Because we don't actually know, right? Because typically at the end, I think it's like the last two months before they kill the cow, they switch and they feed it grains instead of grass. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. They got to fatten that sucker up. Yeah. So we're eating the meats at my parents' house and my mom had purchased, I think she had purchased pork ribs and we had the beef ribs from the cow that she, she bought. We cooked both of those one night. Then there was some other meat that she supplemented it by buying more at the store. And it was this, I don't remember what part of the cow it was, but we had both the cow and we had what she purchased at the store. I cannot tell you how different it tasted. It was night and day. It was like I was eating something different. Like literally, I don't ever want to eat meat from a grocery store again after tasting what it tastes like to eat a real grass-fed homegrown cow. It was incredible. And good. I was gonna say it's incredible, not just the taste. Um, I mean, you're 40, maybe you haven't, you haven't gone through necessarily sort of the, the perimenopausal menopausal shifts where you start to get night sweats and things like that. One of my, in my journey of figuring out what, what's going on with my hormones in the past few years, I, I discovered that beef specifically triggers my night sweats. So every time Mm -hmm. I eat beef and, and here in Egypt, we don't get, we just don't have you really, you don't have a hundred percent organic hormone free. You just don't, we have like 70 or 80%. So like clockwork, I'll leave it out for a while. I'll stick to like fish, maybe sometimes chicken, but every time I have red meat, like clockwork that night, and I haven't had a night sweat, I'll wake up soaked. Mm. Then a couple of years ago, I was living in Toronto and one of my really good friends there, she's, you know, very health conscious and she had been living there for a while. She had also discovered a farm, like how you're talking about. And, and she really trusted the source. She'd been to the farm. She'd seen the farmer. She talked to the farmer and he gave her, he gives her basically like what you're describing. So she invited me over one night 
and they were making this grilled meat. And I was like, I, I'll still eat it, like knowing I'm going to get a nice wet. So it tasted incredible. Like it tasted incredible. And then I just couldn't stop eating it. And in my mind, all I could think of was, God, I'm going to have one hell of a night sweat today. And it wasn't like my usual, like when I have meat at home, I have like one piece, like one piece of steak, right? If I go out to eat, it's like the one portion they give you in the restaurant. She and her husband were just grilling, grilling, grilling. And I was just like, every time they bring out a fresh, you know, thing off the grill, I was just eating nonstop. I must have had like 10 times what I normally eat. I was really enjoying it. And I was like, you know what? It is what it is. I know I'm going to wake up tonight soaked. Let me make sure I have my extra, you know, pair of PJs next to me so I can just change in my sleep because that's what happens. Nothing happened. I didn't get a nice sweat. I didn't get a nice sweat. So do you think it's from like all the hormones they give the animals and the hormones is what causes you to sweat? Like, what do you think it is? 100%. Right. Because because then I, you know, a week later, I went and had my the regular meat I buy at the supermarket and I woke up with a night sweat and I kept testing it. And then she invited me again, like a couple months later, I had her meat, no night sweat. I mean, you think I would have gone and bought from the same farmer, but I was just, I was too lazy. Like I just lived too far out. I didn't have a car. She used to drive out there and get her like supply. And I was like, I wasn't living in Toronto for a year. I'm like, like, that's just too much work for me to do in this short time. And then lockdown happened like lots of things got in the way of me sort of where I could have fixed it for myself at home but it is definitely 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 has something to do with it because as humans we've consumed animal proteins since the beginning of time like it is one of those things that we've eaten and and you might find arguments for or against but that like that's truth that's historical you're going to find it like it's something that has worked for our bodies for a long time we have not been consuming processed food and processed junk all this time. Our bodies are basically, we're part of, we're part of nature. We're one and, and, and with nature. And that means fruits, that means vegetables, that means animal protein. So the fact that we've reached a point where it's, we can't process it, then we have to look at what's happened to the animal protein and what's happened to everything else we're eating that might be making it difficult for us to process something from nature. Yeah, Because some people have a hard time processing spinach, right? They have a hard time processing fruits and vegetables. And it's not because they're not supposed to be eating fruits and vegetables that their digestive system has been compromised from eating all this other junk. Yeah. So you have to look at both things, like what the, the actual type of food you're eating, but also how has this food evolved in the past, I want to say 150, 200 years since the, the advent of the agricultural revolution and industrial revolution. That's when really our food chain has, was human intervention, let's say, really got in the way of our food chain since then. Yeah. When we were chatting with Pat, who we went to see, who did all the muscle testing and shared all the things that were going on in our bodies, she, we asked her, um, we asked her if she ate meat and she said, yeah, I eat meat, but I don't order it when I go out to a restaurant because you don't know what you're actually getting. And then she was also telling us what they do to chickens. And I mean, you've heard all different types of things of what they do to animals um, when you know they're being slaughtered and then sold to us to eat. And whatever those animals are experiencing, they're experiencing a whole lot of fear as well. So you're actually ingesting their state of being. You're ingesting their state of being. And she said, here's what they do to chickens. They keep chickens awake for 22 hours a day. They let them sleep for two hours a day. 
and they keep them awake for 22 by keeping all the lights on. And they have like all these lights and they're super bright. And there was one other thing they did. I don't remember what it was, whether it was playing music. It might've been playing music. It was something else that they did in addition to lights to keep the chickens alive or awake for 22 hours a day. And she goes, they do that because they need them to eat more food so that they'll basically double or triple in size. And who, and what are they feeding them? Corn? They're probably feeding them corn. I don't know. What do you feed a chicken? They feed them corn, which you, we actually shouldn't be eating corn. We should not be eating corn. So you're getting all that from the chickens. God knows what they're shooting up inside of them in terms of antibiotics. But I just thought, wow, that, that poor chicken who was like forced to stay awake 22 hours a day for its entire life. And, um, then Joe Rogan. So I, we were, I was telling you, we were listening to, to Joe Rogan, like the whole way home because his podcasts are just like so interesting. I I love his podcast. I mean, they're just like talking and he had someone on his show, an episode we were listening to. I don't remember the guy's name, but he was a hunter, like an avid hunter. I mean, like, I don't, all sorts of like animals all over out West in the United States. And they were talking about eating. Both of them like to hunt. And Joe Rogan was saying, I didn't start eating wild game until like five, six, seven years ago. And he goes, when you eat wild game, like elk or bison, and you shot it, or somebody you know is who shot it and dressed it and all the things, he goes, you feel different after you eat it. And he goes, you have more energy. You literally almost feel like you could be Superman because they don't have, and they're just eating off the land, wild game versus, I mean, it's, it's minus all of the stuff that we're ingesting because of what is being put inside of that animal. I mean, wild game is another way to go too, for people. If you can find someone who's a hunter and just get wild game because it's been, it's been untouched. It's been untouched. There's no human intervention. There is, there is such a thing as energetics and food, right? So, yes. and, and, and people are missing that. So when you're constantly eating what we call dry, dead and dumb foods, right? Which are the processed, um, processed junk, processed carbohydrates, like they, they don't, they're not alive. Like they have nothing to give you. You, when you eat, you're eating because you want to, we're eating to stay alive. Basically, that's why you eat. Like if, if you put all the other arguments aside, why do we eat? Is that we don't starve to death. We eat so that we can stay alive. So you, you have to eat foods that are alive as much as possible that can give you energy and not, and, and processed foods made in a factory can never do that. So that's why fruits and vegetables are so important because they're literally the only foods that are alive when you eat them. And they're the only foods that can provide you with live vitamins, live minerals, live hydration, you know, the antioxidants and all of that. There's literally an energy there and they provide you with that energy. So, but you don't hear this anywhere, right? Like nobody, nobody teaches you that. Like it's not part of mainstream conversations. And, and why would it be? Because if everybody starts eating fruits and vegetables and wild game and hormone-free grass-fed, you know, animal protein, nobody's going to get sick. So why would they tell you this stuff? Well, farmers are now being paid to not, farmers are being paid to basically destroy their crops in the U.S. I don't know if that's happening everywhere, but in the U.S., they're literally being paid to not produce fruits, fruits and vegetables anymore. And they're being paid a lot more money than they would make if they kept their farm open. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we're basically trying to like destroy. So they're being paid 
not grow and then just like shut down their farms, like just stop being farmers, basically stop being farmers. Yep. And then like, guess who is buying up the land? I mean, and Bill, I mean, Bill Gates in the United States, he owns, I think 51% of the land. He owns most of your farmland now. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. he wants everybody to eat bugs and fake meat and fake meat that has literally 50 ingredients in it made in a lab. Like that burger that you're eating that is meatless was made in a lab. Yep. Yep. And if you just look at the list of ingredients on that, I don't know. This is, this is where the education has to come in. Right. And people, this is where people have to take time out to educate themselves. Like we can't just sit and depend on listening to the media tell us, you know, we can't just depend on listening to mainstream government and news that there is, I mean, what in whichever way you put it, there's no way that if, if anything created in a lab, you know, a seed, a meat, anything is is going to be better for your body than what comes from nature. And there there has to be we ha- there has to be really pushback against this. And I think yeah. I think once I think what like what I feel this is this is why I basically do what I do. Like I really feel like this is like my calling in this world is to help people bring bring them back. Like come back, come back, and be closer to nature. And and it's it's fascinating to me to what extent people are scared of eating from nature. Like people are scared to have fruits. Like that that that's to what extent they have been programmed that if fruits are going to make you gain weight. Fruits are going to give you diabetes. Fruits have too much sugar. And then, you know, when you offer them a fruit versus a piece of bread, like the bread is like what they're going to go for. Because like I said, they see the marketing for the bread. They've never seen marketing for fruits because you have, you know, doctors who basically my father's a doctor. They don't learn nutrition at school. They have like a two hour of, of when I asked my father, I was like, so what did you learn about nutrition? He said, well, you know, the digestive system. And I said, yeah, what did you learn about the digestive system? He's like, well, you know, the, the parts of the digestive system. So anatomically, they need to know as, as part of their understanding of the body. And that was it. That was it. So they don't understand the how different foods affect the body. They definitely, definitely don't understand that foods can be healing because if they did, they would be out of work because they don't know. <laughs> they, they only know how to prescribe pills, right? So we have to start moving away from that because since you know modern medicine came on the scene like 70 80 years ago maybe longer than that 90 years ago if you look at the statistics disease has only been on the rise like modern medicine hasn't helped to curb disease maybe we see uh our lifespan increasing so people used to only live maybe 40 years and now we're living 80 years, but that's just because of, you know, improved hygiene, you know, we, you know, running water, things like that. But in terms of diseases, those are just on a, that, that upward, that upward curve is not going down anywhere. So diabetes, pre-diabetes, autoimmune, heart disease, high blood pressure, cancer, all of that. There's tens and tens of millions of people who die every single year from these. Like it, it's not getting less. Literally, I think 20 million people between cancer and heart disease and diabetes die every single year. And it's not it's not getting any better. So something like there's there's something that we have to start questioning. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to pick up where you were talking about 
fruits and how people think fruits are bad. So again, it's so interesting when you like hang out with your 70 something year old parents, because they just, it's interesting because they, and I think it's like most people in that generation, they really do believe what their doctors say. And that's the only person they will listen to about their health and what they should do, even what they should be eating or not eating. And so my mom has had bladder issues. Gosh, I mean, for a really long time, like probably 30 years. I mean, I'm 40, maybe longer than that. I think she started having bladder issues after she had my brother and my brother's 36. So we'll just say 36 years. Um, She has even had the surgery where you have like the mesh thing that like prevents your bladder from like falling out of your body. And I think she's had that surgery twice. And she said to me, she goes, acid is what's causing my bladder to do whatever it's doing and spasm. And I think she had like this period of time, like fairly recently where it was like really giving her a hard time. So of course, like they go to the doctor to see what their doctor has to say about that. And she goes, the only fruit I can eat is pears because she goes, when I found out, like, I can't eat apples. I was, she goes, I was eating too many oranges and I'm just like, but then you turn around and you eat all this sugar and sugar is acidic, but I can't eat the fruit. I can only eat pears. So to your point, and I'm like, who told you this? Like, who's telling you this? And she's like, well, I have the list right here. And she had it like on a magnet on her refrigerator of all the foods that she can't eat. And it's literally healthy food. It's healthy food. And she believes it because it's what her doctor says. That, that is that generation for sure. That's my parents' generation. And, and my father is a doctor. So it's, it's, he, he has diabetes. He's a doctor and he's got diabetes. He's got high blood pressure. He had a quadruple bypass. Um, and I think has a little bit of a thyroid condition. So he's like taking all these meds every single day. And, and my, my question to him is always, I'm like, dad, like, you know, you're, you're not healed, right? Like if you're taking all these medicines, like you're not actually healed. And he's like, right, because you can't heal. He's convinced like you can't heal. Like, yeah, once you have it, you have it, it's done. So this is, this is where it's coming from. And then my mother, of course, she also has diabetes and, you know, she will eat the bread, she will eat the rice, she will eat the pasta. But then I come and tell her mom, how about we, you know, instead of having your melted cheese sandwich for breakfast, how about we have a smoothie? She's like, no, my doctor said I can't have any fruits. Like that's going to raise my blood sugar level. So her doctor is okay with her. She loves her cheese, bread and cheese. It's okay for her to have that in the morning, but she can't have specific fruits. Right? So he won't let her have dates. He won't let her have mangoes. She's like, I can have an apple. And that's like, oh, that's like a lot of sugar for the day. So, and, and I know from my work and I, and I'll, and I'll show both of my parents evidence, like here are younger people, the younger generation at some level is a little bit more open to this. Mom, here's a diabetic that I've worked with. And, you know, we got rid of the bread and the cheese and the processed stuff. And now she eats fruits all day and she has a little bit of protein and lots of vegetables and she's off. She's off her diabetic medication. Like that's kind of proof, isn't it? And no, but the doctor said. What's that like for you, Dana, to like, to know, to have the knowledge that you have and to watch your parents, because I'm having a really hard time with it. Um, more so now than I think I ever have, because I know what I know, you know, what, you know, you know, even more than I know, 
And because this is what you do, like as your entire body of work. But I know that when my parents go to the doctor because they have some sort of ailment or issue and they are prescribed a medication that they have been on now, like they will never get off of it. They will be on it for the rest of their lives. And I mean, my dad was even telling me that they upped his dosage in something, um, like doubled his dosage of something. And he's on statins. I think they doubled his dosage of, of blood pressure medicine, which he's never even had high blood pressure, just FYI. And now he's got like two, he's got AFib and some other heart condition. He has sleep apnea. So he does like the CPAP thing. That's new. He hasn't been able to sleep for about 12 years. And he's literally tried like everything under the sun. He's actually tried a whole lot of natural stuff. He literally will just not sleep for like a week. Um, he, I don't know. He's, he was on antidepressants. This was probably like 14 years ago, but I think he only took them for a year. But between my mom and my dad, I think they're each on like six or probably like six different things. And like, if we just look at statins as an example, that literally, literally, and I only see my dad about three times a year, the most it, and he's 73, he'll be 74 in March. He's literally wasting away. And that's what statin drugs do. My dad, I mean, my dad worked for the power company for 48 years. He was somebody, he climbed poles for a living. He was the one, the guy in the big bucket truck that was out, you know, on the power lines, very, very dangerous job. He did that for 48 years. My parents still work today, but he was like, he's not tall. He's like smaller framed. He's like 5'10". I think I'm taller than he is now, but he is like, like, I would say borderline frail. When he stands up, he's like hunched over and you'll like walk a few steps to like straighten out his back and like not be in so much pain anymore. And so we were telling Pat, who Sean and I went to see, who did all the muscle testing and all the things. And so we were talking to her about this. And then, you know, we were there for five hours because she tells a whole lot of stories about the real truth about all this and like what actually happens in hospitals and why people are actually dying in hospitals and like what's really going on. And she goes, um, your dad won't be able to walk in five years. And that is a hundred percent from the medications that he's on because the medications are not solving the root issue. Like you're saying medications aren't healing. They're not solving the root issue. It's like, well, why do you have high blood pressure in the first place? Let's, let's go heal that because every pill that you're taking is actually destroying all of your cells. It's causing your liver to not function. It's causing your kidneys to not function. And she was saying, she goes, this was like 30 years ago. I think this was back in the eighties or the nineties when she was working for Duke as an oncology nurse. And she goes, a doctor said to me, it was somebody who was wise enough. He goes, it's only a matter matter of time before three, you're going to see three things happen in this country and probably the world. And I remember two of them. I don't know if I remember the third. Number one, you're going to see a pharmaceutical, you know, drugstore on every street corner, which we currently have. CVS and Walgreens is literally at every intersection. And almost every person is going to be on dialysis. You're going to see a dialysis center on every street corner, right beside the pharmacy, like the drugstores. And that's starting to happen. It's starting to happen. Even my mother-in-law, they're starting to talk to her about 
borderline having to be on dialysis because she takes 20 different pills for things. And that to me, that's where I'm having like such a hard time just emotionally, I think, because you're like watching your loved ones literally believe like it's the Bible that, that they, if they even taper and wean themselves off of these drugs, they will die. My parents literally believe they will die if they do not take these medicines. They've tapped into their fear, right? They've tapped into their fear and they've, it's been something that has been for that generation also specifically something that is just, there was no other conversation. I mean, basically, because they also, there was no social media, there was no other way to get different information. Like these, this conversation, we've had both of these conversations for years. Like we've had, ever since we switched from natural care, and then, you know, we've got modern medicine, you've had the two conversations. The difference is, do you have access to both conversations or not? So our parents' generation did not have access to anything. But you know what, Dana? You know what though? Like, are your parents, your parents are in their seventies, right? My mother is 70. My father is 81. Okay. So same generation. My parents grew up killing their own animals, Mm. raising their own crops. My mom said they drank milk directly from their own cow in their own pasture. They would always have one cow and one pig and chickens. That's the meat they ate. That's where they, they went out there and squeezed the udders themselves. That's the milk they drank. They had their gardens. That's the food they ate. So it's so I want people to really hear what you're saying here because our parents actually grew up eating off the land and look at what happened. They weren't, weren't, yeah, it's, it's what you're talking about. It's like somewhere in like the fifties and sixties, seventies. Like whether it's marketing or this pharmaceutical industry or the medical industry, but things like really took a hard left. And now they totally believe as though they've been brainwashed to believe that this is now the way to go. And like, that's, I don't know, hard work or something. It's, it's, we've been, we're, we're still being sold convenience. every day you're being sold convenience. Like here's a quick and easy five minute, you know, recipe. Here's an easy way to make this meal. You know, don't spend time in the kitchen, you know, do this. Here's a, here's a ready-made meal. Here's a frozen dinner. We're being sold convenience all the time. And I think, and on top of that, you're being sold fear. I think this is the worst thing that you're being like, if you don't do this, here's what's going to happen to you. Like, and this is the only solution. Like we're not being given options. You're you're being told that, right, you have diabetes, you have high blood pressure, you have bladder issues. This is your only solution. You, you have nothing to do with taking responsibility for your health. You have to outsource your health. So a big part of that is no people don't realize to what extent their health is their own responsibility. Health means going to somebody else to tell me what to do. And basically the instruction is to take a pill. Yeah. That's what health. There's, there's no co- mainstream conversation about that your body breaks down for a reason. Like we were not, we didn't all just come here with defective parts, you know, from the factory. We're not just breaking down because that's what's supposed to happen. Nobody's talking about why there is a breakdown. Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about solutions that can remove the need for medicine to start with. I mean, you see, there is a time and place for some medications. I mean, basically, when you're looking at 
emergency care, right? Or like trauma centers, right? That's where you need medicine. Like that for me is medicine at its best, but for everything else and chronic conditions and all of these lifestyle diseases of lifestyle, if it's a disease of lifestyle, then the solution lies in lifestyle. Yep. Yeah. I um, mean, tough one. It's a tough one to see, especially, especially to see your family. And I have this with my parents. I, I see it with my brothers and sisters. I see it with my husband, like not just because I'm a health coach and everybody just automatically wants to listen to everything I have to say, like on the contrary, like nobody in my direct circle really wants to hear what I have to say. So it's very frustrating to see, to know that there's a solution, like to see somebody in your family suffer and you know that you can help them and you know that like, just give me two months, just give me two months and I can help you and I can show you how to heal yourself. But you can't really, you can't make anybody do anything, right? Like, and it can actually happen fast. You can, you can heal yourself and reverse things really quickly. Relatively, like when you think about how long you've had something, when you think about how long you've been suffering with a condition, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and that within a few months, you can heal that. That's miraculous. That's miraculous. But if you've never also seen that example around you, and and most people, especially in our generation, haven't, it, it, it takes a lot of take somebody with a really open mind and willingness and or to it takes a leap of faith. Basically, if you if it's not it doesn't come naturally to you, it does take a leap of faith to do that. Yeah, yeah, it but does. Well, more, more and more people are healing themselves naturally. So the more we can get one person to do it when that one person can show one more person to do it i believe because this is never going to become mainstream like and science is so far behind like i think i saw something in some online publication today that said something like oh by the way it's okay to eat potatoes like yeah i know thanks but no like things that like we've just we've been talking about for so long you know mainstream will will kind of mention many 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 years later so it's, it's, it takes, it, it takes a specific kind of person, unfortunately, who is open enough and ready enough and courageous enough and doesn't give into the fear, um, to venture into healing themselves and taking responsibility for their health. Yeah. It's gosh, it's so, it's so wild. I just think it's so crazy that being healthy is, is extremely simple. It's so simple. Fruits, veggies, Fruits, veggies, clean meats, fruits, veggies, clean meats. And then like, I I can't stand, I think grocery stores are absolutely repulsive. I don't even know how you step into a grocery store, like doing what you do. No, I don't. I just order everything online because I literally walk in there and I feel like I just want to like yell, don't buy this. Don't buy this. Well, it's almost like it's sponsored by the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, it's complete. The food industry and the pharmaceutical industry are basically in cahoots, right? One in the, the medical, 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 right? So because even the- like the pharmaceutical industry actually sponsors and gives grants to doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So the food industry will fund a study that will tell you like they did in the fifties, right? They funded a study. I think it was Pepsi that funded the study that they're like paid the, the researchers to say that it's not fat. What was the study? They wanted them to say that it's not sugar that is the problem, but it's fat that's the problem. That's why you yep. get heart attacks. So they basically turned all the blame on fat, but sugar's fine. So you keep drinking your Pepsi or Coke or whatever it is, like that's fine. That's not the problem. That's why you get why you, that's not why you get sick. And they fund 
all of these studies, right? And so then the food industry creates these foods that the research supports these foods. So you eat these foods. So you get sick, you go to the doctor, doctor's like, all right, here's the medicine that you have to take. So it just keeps going in this cycle and, and nobody ever breaks the cycle because nobody ever says, right, it's not about the next pill. It's about what you're eating here. Please stay away from the processed package crap that's in the supermarkets. Please go buy fruits and vegetables and good, clean protein. And you're going to be fine. Like nobody says that. Yeah. No doctor. So I know that you are working with you. I mean, at this point you've worked with thousands, thousands with plural S of men and women who you have trained and taught and kind of held their hand through healing their own bodies. I mean, um, how many people have been taking your detox lately? Like, I mean, you've had like 250 or 300 people go through your detox just in the last three months. In the last three months, I want to say just, just over 200, just in September. Yeah. 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 I mean, and you've been doing this for 10 years. Um, what are some of the like miraculous changes that your own clients have experienced. I mean, I follow you on Instagram. You're one of my clients, obviously I've worked with you for a long time. Um, I'm going to do your class in January. I've never done it. I've done detoxes before. Sean has one that's like relatively similar. Um, I'm going to do it in January, 2023. So everybody come join me. That'll be super fun. We'll put a link down in the show notes for that. Um, but I, I read your Instagram stories every single day and every single day you are, you are sharing literal like screenshots of what your students are saying they're experiencing and diseases that they have had for like a very, very long time are literally disappearing simply because they're changing what they're eating. So can you share some of those examples of what you're seeing in your students? So, like I said, I see the, I see the basics disappear. So the basics from like energy becomes low energy becomes incredible energy insomnia becomes deep sleep heavy periods become regular periods missed periods so this is one of the incredible like women who have gone into really early menopause in their early 40s six months without a period they go through the detox their period comes back um I have seen migraines go away. I have seen, uh, you know, uh, thyroid uh, growths on the thyroids shrink and complete reversal of thyroid conditions. I think uh, endometriosis, you know, I had a couple of ladies with horrible, horrible symptoms, like debilitating, like they had to stay home for days on end every month, gone. Now they, they live their lives normally. But I think uh, fibromyalgia, I've seen that reverse. I think there's just, there, there's been one really, really, really special one. Because I know like when you understand how the body works, there's only really two reasons the body breaks down and that's toxicity and deficiency. Doesn't matter what you call the dis-ease. It's it's one of those two. It's two, two things that create it. You're taking in too many toxins and you're deficient in basic nutrients. So I once had this young lady in her early thirties. I can't even pronounce what she had. She had this rare disease that was discovered when she was when she was four years old. She she started getting her period, and this disease. She's been to doctors. She lives in Egypt. She's been to doctors in Germany. She's been to doctors in the UK, and nobody has a solution for it. She's been on, you know, whether it's birth control or like sort of other hormonal replacement things, and nothing stops it. And basically, since she's four years old, she just bleeds. I think like half the month or more than half the month, she's just bleeding. And she's like, can you help me with this? I have no idea what this disease is. I've never heard of it. I still can't even pronounce it. It's, it's basically the name of the person who discovered it. 
So I was like, you know what? I know how the body works. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It's two things. So what do we have to lose? Let's apply the same principles to you. And it it worked. Like after her act from four to like, she was in her late twenties, let's say 20 years of constantly bleeding, it stopped. And she started having a normal cycle. So there are some things, I mean, I'm still blown away by this. I'm still blown away when somebody tells me I couldn't wake up in the morning and now I wake up happy, right? That still blows me away as much as somebody who has a rare condition and she's been to doctors all over the world and the doctors tell her there's nothing that can, you're never going to be able to solve this. And we solve that. Like both of those still just blow my mind away that all we did, we did nothing fancy, both cases, all we did is got rid of the toxicity and replenish the deficiency. Simple. For the easiest condition and the most the most rare complicated condition. Have you ever had students who completely get off their medications they've been on for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. So this young lady got off, you know, she was on birth control, but she got off that thyroid medication, um, uh, uh, diabetes medication, high blood pressure medication, IBS medication, um, arthritis medication. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So when is your next, it's 21 day detox, right? So it's 21 days. We do, we do a total of 28 days together, but I, 21 days of, of, of teaching where I teach you how to do it and where you're implementing. And then we have a bonus week, but it, that's just the time it takes me to teach you. So it's not, you're not going to heal in 21 days. You're not going to be done in 21 days. It That's just the time it takes me to show you how to heal. It's the time that it, it takes you to, to implement, to start to, to create a new foundation moving forward. It, it, it needs, you need, this is not a, it's not like when people think of a detox, it's like, oh, I'm just going to do something for a short while and then I'll be done with it and go back to how I used to eat before. No, this is a detox as a jump start for the rest of your life. So I teach you how you're going to keep eating this way in the 21 days and beyond, because you you're going to heal yourself. But if you go back to how you were eating before, you're just going to bring back the the factors that created the illness to start with. So it is, it is time spent with me and you learn a lot in the 21 days. You learn a completely new way of eating, but also how to move on from the 21 days. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to do it in January with you. I'm excited to have you. (laughs) Yeah. Bring a few friends along too. Yes, please do. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure I get the link from you. I'll put it in the show notes here. Um, Any final thoughts you'd like to share about everything we've talked about today? I just wish, I wish that every single person in the world knew that they didn't have to suffer don't have to go through any kind of pain or discomfort. Like we, we've just so normalized pain that it's just become so accepted. And I just wish that I could just bring everybody that I can and just show them that they can heal themselves and show them that their body, how powerful their body is. If they just give it a chance, our bodies are so incredible. Yeah, they are. So go follow Dana. You are on Facebook and Instagram primarily. Like I said, I follow you. I would follow you on both, but I love your Instagram stories. Dana is posting stories every single day about the exact conversation we're having here. She shares a whole lot of video footage and stories from her own clients who have experienced her work and have gone through the detox. So go find her on Instagram. We'll put that handle here. And I know you also show up on Facebook as well. So we'll make sure we put that link to follow you on Facebook too. But that's a really great place to start. Just go like 
get to know Dana, go, go follow what she's saying, start digesting what she's saying. And, um, I'd love to see you in the detox class in January. And if not January, Dana does them all the time. So there will be plenty more opportunities for you to jump into one of those and start healing your own body and, and really take control back over your own body. Yeah. Take control back. And yeah, I'm, you know, on Instagram or Facebook, I'm the only one who answers my messages. So any question you have, like, as Megan said, as you're digesting this information, any question you have, any concern you have, you want to pop in there and ask me a specific question about a symptom you have, please do. This is really important that you feel empowered and you feel comfortable in this conversation with me. And then ultimately in the conversation you're going to be having with yourself. So I'm waiting for all of you. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for this conversation, Dana. It's awesome. You're welcome. Thank you, Megan. Thank you so much for tuning into the built to last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.